I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Lynn McTaggart is the award-winning author of a number of books, including the worldwide bestsellers, The Field, The Intention Experiment, and The Power of Eight. She is also the co-founder of the international health magazine, What Doctors Don't Tell You, and is the architect of The Intention Experiments, a web-based global laboratory that tests the power of intention to heal the world. Lynn, we need more of that. Welcome back. Hi there, George. It's great to be here with you. How have you been? I have been just great. It's been about a year. (laughs) Working on some new things. How did you get involved in this field of intention? I got involved basically by accident. Um, I was a an investigative reporter, and I was minding my own business and writing about health. Uh, We had started a newsletter back in 1990 uh, called What Doctors Don't Tell You. And in the course of researching what works and what doesn't work in medicine, uh, we kept coming across very good studies of spiritual healing. And I kept thinking to myself, wait a minute, if we have a thought and send it to someone else and make them better, that undermines everything we think about how the world works. So as a result, I wanted to find out why this was was going on. So I interviewed a lot of frontier scientists and physicists, biologists, all of those kinds of people, and discovered each of them, people like the late Robert John of Princeton, the Pear Research Center, mm-hmm. and Hal Putoff, the famous um, um, physicist and astrophysicist, and many, many others uh, who have now passed on. And what I discovered is that each of them had a tiny piece of what compounded into a completely new view of the world. After I finished that book, there was some leftover business. Many of them had done really good experiments 
demonstrating that thoughts are things that affect other things. And so being the hard-nosed journo that I am, I wanted to find out how far we could take this. And also, does it magnify if we have lots of people doing intention in, in a group? And I figured by then, I knew a lot of these scientists, and I also had... Um, lots of readers from the, the field was in 30 languages by then. So I thought if I put them together, I'd have the biggest global laboratory in the world. And so that's what happened. And back in 2007, I started the intention experiment. And now we've done about 41 experiments to date. And of those 41, uh, 37 have shown measurable, positive, mostly significant effects. What can you conclude at this time then, Lynn, with these results over 16 years, what intention is? Well, intention is, we have to understand that consciousness isn't locked inside our heads. You know, that our brains are much more of an antenna receiver, that we are picking up and we are sending out but it's not all housed in our brain. And if consciousness is out there and we are energy systems and not just a batch of chemicals and electrical signaling, well, we are essentially affecting everything all the time. And not just when we do, you know, a very focused intention, but all of our thoughts, and we've got 70,000 of them a day, um, all of our thoughts are affecting our world too. And this isn't something strange and, you know, and weird and esoteric. This has been acknowledged by top physicists. In fact, three of them received the Nobel Prize last autumn for... Um, essentially demonstrating non-locality and some of the other weird aspects of physics. So we're now saying uh, the strange effects of quantum physics, physics that, you know, when subatomic particles once are once in contact, move one to California and the other one to London, and they're still in contact and affected by each other. We're not saying that that is just the purview of the quantum world anymore. We're now saying this is the rule of all life. We're seeing big quantum effects in the the visible world, the sticks and stones world that we live in. Even photosynthesis has to and relies on a quantum effect. So what we understand now, as I said, is thoughts are things that affect everything, and we are affecting and co-creating all the time. It is truly remarkable and incredible how it works and the fact that it does work, isn't it? Oh, yes, and I continue to be stunned by it because, and, you know, this is all these years later and all these experiments later, but I've seen it in large groups and also small groups, what I call the power of eight. Um, I've seen so many things. Most recently, we had a woman called Esther who came to a retreat of ours and had, and I put people into power of eight groups in all of my work. And she and her group 
did an intention in the library of where we were in the stately home. We were holding it in the stately home called Broughton Hall. And she and her group had such a powerful intention. She believed that that was the impetus for what is now healed from stage four cancer. So I've seen that. I've seen people get up out of their wheelchairs. I've seen people heal all manner of illnesses, also disturbances and troubles in their lives, everything from relationships to money problems. Um, We've seen this over and over again. And I believe it has to do with a couple of things. It is the power of intention, which does magnify in a group of any size. But also, it is the power of groups. Um, We were never meant to be as isolated as we are now. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, My name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. 
Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Can you say, though, Lynn, that the one could be just as strong as the many with intention, depending on who that person is? There are certain people who have gifts, just like certain people are gifted in playing the piano. But we all have this hidden capacity, George, and that's the issue, too. This We have this, and we know this as children, but it's denied over and over again by our authority figures, our parents, our teachers, who tell us, stop imagining things. And so we lose it. It's like we stop practicing it, so we lose it. But we all have this capacity. I believe, though, that the group effect brings us to a different state of consciousness. And in that different state of consciousness, in that experience of oneness, that's when the real power manifests. And, you know, we don't get to experience that too often. Lots of people ask me, well, how do I enter the field? Um, And what I wrote about in the field was this idea that we're all part of this giant quantum web. And I say to people, well, you don't have to enter it. You are it. We're all part of it. Our subatomic particles, and we're all energy, are dancing with other subatomic particles everywhere in the world, including in empty space. So we are part of it, but we don't get to experience life like that, George. We experience life in separation, you know, as lonely little people on a lonely little planet. We don't get to experience ecstatic oneness, but we do get that when we're part of a group. And we've done brainwave studies looking at power of eight groups, and we find that they do something very different to the brain very quickly. Not like meditation. Our brainwave studies show brainwave patterns that are almost opposite to meditation, to those of meditation. Is that surprising to you? It was, and it was surprising to the neuroscientists I worked with. We thought we were going to see brainwave signatures identical to those of meditation. What we see instead is brainwave signatures that are virtually identical to those done by the University of Pennsylvania when studying Buddhist monks in ecstatic prayer and Sufi masters during chanting. Both of them have brain waves that where uh, certain ones diminish. The parts of the brain, like those in the parietal lobes, they sit toward the back of the head, and they help us navigate through space. They help us determine what's me and what's not me. Those are dialed way down during these power of eight groups and intention experiments. And so are the parts of the brain like the right frontal lobes involved in worry, doubt, negativity. Those are also turned way down 
and other parts are also diminished. And what this indicates is someone in a state of ecstatic oneness. So we go into this brain state very quickly, and this the studies we did were on total novices. These weren't super power of eight intention experts. These were student volunteers, and yet they had that experience almost immediately. So I think that's the big difference. When we get into this amazing state of oneness, miracles do happen. They do indeed. What are you working on now these days, Lynn? Well, I've started a thing called the Eight Revolution, George, and this has all to do with the state of the world right now, because I kept thinking to myself, oh my goodness, look at it in politics. We're so polarized. We are, our leaders don't seem to have the answers for anything. Um, we have issues with everything from the climate to, uh, to the economy. You know, we're having bank failures again. Everything is falling down again. And nobody seems to know what to do to fix it. Uh, and the top-down approach may not work. So I thought to myself, oh, I need an army of changemakers. And then I suddenly realized I've got an army of changemakers already. I've got tens of thousands of Power of Eight groups around the world. What if I brought them all together and started offering them some free tools for a new world? And so that's what I did. We've just launched it. And we're calling in all the Power of Eight groups and helping them with information about how to start a social revolution. And when I say revolution, I'm not talking about the overthrow of the government. Right, I'm not right. talking about anything related to taking down anything. But what I'm talking about is making change from the ground up. And it's really the way every social revolution starts. You know, it's the way Gandhi liberated India from Britain by working with small groups. It's the way Martin Luther King started the Civil Rights Movement by working with small groups. And it's the way the Prague Spring, after the Prague Spring, uh, Czechoslovakia ended up leaving the Soviet Union without a single shot being fired. And it was because of small groups just starting something small and saying we're going to do something different. And the other part of the Eight Revolution, as I mentioned, we were never meant to be so isolated, George. I mean, all of the science I've studied shows that people, human beings, were meant to be in groups. We were meant to have community, Absolutely. and we just don't anymore. You know, one in four people over 65 have no contact with any humans at all. No contact. The only contact they've got is their TV set. And radio. Somewhere. And their radio. And their radio, yeah. absolutely. And hearing you, George. Um, but so many people are so isolated. So this was another idea of creating communities because I've seen it with all my Power of Eight groups. People who were so isolated suddenly have a group of eight who have their back. You know, I think of Jerry who was part of uh, a course of mine last year and, and the year before, 
And so it was during COVID, and he, of course, had no contact with anybody because we were all so isolated. And yet his Power of Eight group was like a lifeline. And he said the biggest thing for him, you know, lots of little miracles happened, he said, but the biggest thing was the community, having the compassion, the love. And he said, I've had more connection and love during lockdown than I've ever had in my life. And so I think the community aspect of it is really important. And if you bring these groups together and start giving them suggestions and help and tools for creating little change in their neighborhoods and towns and cities, you know, you can create a massive, massive movement. Absolutely. When you talk about the power of eight, what does that mean? We've it comes up. This number comes up in numerology. It comes up all over the place. What's it, what's it mean? Well, for me, it was an accident, George. Um, I was thinking of scaling down the intention experiment it, for a workshop, and I was kicking this over with my team and my husband, and said, I don't know, maybe I'll. Sh- put people into groups and have them send intention to a member of the group with a health challenge. And my husband's a great headline writer. He's also a journalist. And he turned to me and said, I love it, the power of eight. So that's how the name started. And eight, of course, has all of that numerology. In China, it's considered a lucky number. It's got all of that stuff. It's a sideways infinity sign. But to be honest... The group doesn't have to be just eight. It can be six. It can be 12. Eight is a nice, uh, I like to call it a Goldilocks figure. It's not too big. It's not too small. It's just kind of perfect sized. But it doesn't have to be eight. I had a friend of mine who ran a restaurant in Los Angeles. He's since passed. His name was George, too. Ran a Greek restaurant, and uh, I told him about the power of eight and uh, how it works in numerology and that it could bring you luck. So he put an eight in his wallet, Lynn, and went to a local casino, won $1,000, came back and told me. He was all excited, and I said, see, it works. Well, greed took over, and he went back out. He put He put eights in his two pockets and his wallet all over the place, and he came back, and he lost the 1000 and he was depressed the next day, and he said, uh, "He said I lost. He said, I had like five eights all over my body. What, what happened? And I said, greed got you. So there's a, there's a, there's a factor in there somewhere, isn't there? <laughs> I think there is. I think what I find that really works for mostly everybody in Power of Eight groups is getting off of yourself, generosity, altruism, intending for other people. And then it comes back to you. And that I've seen over and over and over. It's a little like karma. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern. And go to coasttocoastam.com for more. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.